to live independently for excellence with your host, Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor. Do you sometimes feel that nobody understands what you are going through and that others do not share your personal struggles? You may be surprised. Today, you will listen and learn from the stories and our testimonies on the program. Now, here is your host, Victoriously Speaking. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Nicole, a.k.a. Victorious and Victoriously Speaking. I am here today with a special guest. Her name is LaShawn Garth, and she is an upcoming producer, writer, model, and actress. And I'm going to let her tell you a little bit about herself. LaShawn, do I have you there? Yes, I'm here, Nicole. How are you? I am doing well. Thank you for coming on to Life Radio today. I just wanted to... Uh, tell everyone that we also have a veteran in the house. Go ahead, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to, you know, today's show is about survival of the fittest, which is sex for survival. And um, a lot of what we are trying to do is to kind of take away all of the things that has started barriers between families and things because of just misunderstandings or, you know, um, stereotyping and things like that. And so uh, today's episode, and actually the next three, is about sex for survival. Um, And our our actual story for the day is a mother's survival. But I I really liked your story, so I wanted to kind of talk about you. So tell us about yourself and then basically your story and your experiences as far as... um, your past reasons for becoming a dancer in the past. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. I'm really excited about this show because I think it's important. So I think you're doing a good thing here, kind of opening up the lines of communication. So I am a veteran. I uh, was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan, the daughter of a minister, pastor, preacher, whatever you want to call them nowadays. Okay. And um, so I grew up, in, you know, as a, as a preacher's kid, basically. And not that mm-hmm. I was sheltered or anything like that, but you know how it is growing up in the church. You know what I mean? People are looking at you, you're a pastor's kid, you're supposed to be good, this and that or whatever. Right. Um, although I was always a good student and on the outside I was a good girl, you know, there was always this streak of rebellion and um, in, in me, I guess, that, you know, I is always to get in the fester and to grow. So started going down the wrong roads, and eventually my father decided that I needed to go into the military, and that's how I ended up there. Okay, okay. We all have different reasons for going into the military. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And shout out to my uh, you know fellow brothers and sisters in arms as well. Thank you for that's your service. I, you know, went to the military and had no intentions on staying at all and didn't like it. And so that started, I guess, my life um, in my marriages. Uh, I don't know what it was as far as always looking for love or comfort or something. And it just drew me, you know, into into getting married. And so that's how I ended up actually in Atlanta. Uh, one of my marriages was to an Atlantean, okay. and I took a break from the military and realized that we didn't have enough money to survive. And in my mind, I never really looked at the sex industry as something that was bad. 
I always thought, you know, everybody had sex. What's wrong with it? You know, (laughs) we're supposed to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that without necessarily, you know, breaking, you know, what you call, I guess, the morality line, which is, you know, you out there having sex with a bunch of people, you know, this and that, then what's the problem? So phone sex, I was a phone sex operator and also, you know, got into the industry of being an exotic dancer. And my husband at the time was like, okay, you know, no big deal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, I started doing it and found that I actually loved it. I enjoyed it. It was an opportunity for me to, you know, kind of show my sexual side, show my sexual nature and benefit other people. People would come, you know, pay me and watch me to dance around. How how much better can life be than that? But this was interesting that when you um, got out of the military, you realized that, okay, I don't have enough to survive. I mean, what did that look like when you got out, when you took a break from the military? So, um, me and my ex-husband, um, he actually was, was still in at the time after I um, got out. Mm-hmm. And he was such a low rank that we just didn't have the money. And at that particular time, I was still young, uh, mm-hmm. really just getting in my 20s. And, you know, had nothing was established. We didn't have a plan, <laughs> nothing. So, you get out and you have no money. And what do you do when you're 20-something and you, you don't have an education except for high school? I hadn't went back to college at that particular time yet. Mm-hmm. So you're like, what exactly can I do? The only thing I could do was type really fast. Okay. So one of the jobs that I got alongside of stripping was being a legal secretary, believe it or not. And my first boss, I had no experience whatsoever, but I went in there with this can-do attitude and typed my butt off. And Mm -hmm. he was like, I said, so when do I start? And he was like, he laughed at me, but he hired me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, So. you know, it's something that you brought up that's really interesting because I know a lot of people don't realize that you have... Uh, military couples on food stamps and things like that, especially those who have children because of how low the pay is. And I don't think people even recognize that. And so when you start looking at society and things, because they try to dictate what's acceptable, you know, and what judges people based on their personal beliefs, what are your beliefs about women who dance in um, strip clubs as a profession? So, like I said, I really don't think there's anything wrong with it. I believe if you got it, use it. It's, mm-hmm. You can't use it anymore. And it's, it's, it's the same as being a doctor or a surgeon. I mean, if you got the hands to be a surgeon, you go be a surgeon. So you can't do it anymore. To me, right. there's no line that should be drawn on sexuality and, you know, people who do something different. Um, so, you know, I met a lot of women in the strip club. Now, don't get me wrong. There are those women in the strip club, which is probably why a lot of us get the bad attention that we do, who who do venture out and do things that I think aren't appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's, that's, that's what they do. I don't, you know, judge them, but it wouldn't be something I would do. 
And right. I don't think we all should be labeled, you know, just because of a few people. Um, I respected the women that I worked with. Uh, uh, many of them were beautiful, gorgeous women, educated women. That's eventually how I start, went back to college because mm-hmm. I met these women. They were educated. A lot of them had um, four-year degrees and master's degrees. Believe right. it or not, one of them was a doctor, just didn't want to do it anymore, like dancing better. I like you, okay. my type of girl. <laughs> and um, so, you know, the women that I met were, were mm-hmm. awesome women, had children, had families, wow. had husbands, mm-hmm. and it was just work. We would come to work. We do our shift, and then we go home. Right, right. So you you actually brought up something that I was thinking about, like how people automatically assume that having sex for money is associated with women who dance. And I'm, I'm wondering, like you said, is it you think it's because of other girls or just the fact that if you say stripper or, you know, strip club, that automatically they're like, oh, you know, they're, you know, big fornicators. <laughs> say the other word, right, but you know what right. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really a, about what we see on TV and what's portrayed. Um, and you see all these, you know, girls, they booty shaking and dollars being thrown in the air. And then you've got movies like The Players Club that actually, you know, kind of promoted women going out and having these dance parties and having sex for money. I really think it it just kind of leads into people's mindset that mm-hmm. anything associated with sexual, um, you know, sex for money type of environments, whether it be the strip club or prostitution or whatever, everybody's involved in the entire gambit of, of that, you know, circle. And that's not true. Okay, okay. So what type of mindset do you have to have to work in that environment? You definitely have to be strong because if you're not, you could get caught up in that, you know, starting to do things that would, um, you know, kind of make you morally compromised. Uh, so you have to be strong-minded. You also have to be about your money, really, because okay. that's what it's about. And uh-huh. you got to be focused and, you know, if you are doing it, you know, just because you like doing it and you like money, that's great. But I think you you also have to have an end game in mind mm-hmm. because, okay. you know, now I'm 45. There's no way you would catch me in a strip club. <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. I'm just not there anymore. So you uh-huh. you got to go into it with an, with an end game in sight. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think that, you know, um, you said a lot of good stuff as far as – why you did it, Um, when you look at a lot of young people or people out there struggling that have, you know, I call it survival of the fittest because you have to be fit to do this type of work, you know. Um, But, like, what kind of advice would you give to mothers who dance to support themselves and their children? Hey, look, honestly, it was the easiest job I've ever had. And it uh-huh. was fun. And it was safe. I, do it. If that's what you are right now, that's what you're doing to, to make your money, maybe you're in school. Or, you know, maybe you're trying to go in a different direction. But right now, this is it. You got the, the, you got the body to do it. You got the skills. Because trust me, being a dancer is not easy. You see them swinging around the poles and things like that. That's not easy. Right. So right. it, it 
takes some skill to do that. So if you've got the skill, you've got the body, you know, you've got the mentality that you know you got an end game in mind, hey, make your money. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing you said is just be, you know, despite, and I think for me it's more about society or family or what they're, you know, people would think of you and, you know. Girl, they not paying your bills. They not. <laughs> what, look, don't come at me unless you're going to pay my bills. Uh-huh. Then uh-huh. you ain't got nothing to say, right? Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you said it earlier. Uh, the best is you know just be safe. Don't be out there because you know I hear something. And it really I think too depends because I did a, a big thing on it last year. It depends on on what club you're in and uh, what type of people are in the establishment because all of them aren't the same. That's another thing, too, I think. That is true. That is true. And I've been in, you know, several, and they are different atmospheres. But, again, you got to keep your focus around you. You can't Mm -hmm. be worried about the left and worried about the right. You have to maintain who you are and understand why you're doing it. And, like I said, go into it with an end game. Yeah, well, thank you. I like that. And I think, too, why I really wanted to have you on is because, you know, most of the people that I work with and being a mental health professional, they had a lot of uh, trauma, but you are just the opposite. Yours is more so about the, I don't know, because you could be like the typical preacher's kid, you know, extremely (laughs) rebellious and just like, I don't care what you say, you know, and I'm sure that was hard, too, you know, within your family. Did they know about it? Uh, not at first. Eventually, okay. they did find out. My mom was a little bit taken back at first. Okay. You know, but she was just like, oh, that's my daughter. That's my child. So, <laughs> kind of, kind of, I'm sure it wasn't easy, but I think, you know, what I love about you is your confidence. And what do you have going on? Because we're getting ready to take a break here soon. Okay. Um. Yeah, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um. Mm-hmm. I've ventured into a lot of things now. Obviously, I've always been into the mindset of entertainment. So um, I do. I'm in the entertainment industry right now. I've got a movie that I'm about to get into, and another project that I'm doing on my own, which is um, a play that I'm about to do. So a lot of information will be coming out about that. People can follow me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, it's uh, I'm the B. Wait a minute. What am I? B word underscore L Garth on Instagram and Twitter, and then just my name, LaShawn Garth, on Facebook. All right. Thank you. Thank you, LaShawn, for calling in and being a part of the show. Um, we're getting ready to take a break for the next segment, which is the story of the day. So we'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. 
Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hearts programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go trouble's chasing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at reconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. Life Radio with your girl Victoriously Speaking. I want to give a shout out to our CEO Debbie Anglin of Hearts to Nourish Hope for being a sponsor for this show. I hope that you enjoyed our talk with Miss LaShawn Garth and um, check out our site to read more about her. And she just brought one perspective out of the three episodes dedicated to survival of the fittest. I think that um, there were six points that she mentioned from a mental health perspective that I want you to think about. One, she said that she was rebellious when she was younger as a PK, a preacher's kid. Two, she had more than one marriage. Not sure. We didn't. She didn't really say how many. Three, she needed money to survive, which is all of us, right? And four, she referred to having a sexual nature that she wasn't ashamed of and how that relates to the sex industry and the morality of self and others. Then also when she was in her 20s, she um, only had a high school education with no plan and no money. And then she was looking for love or comfort. Those are six points that I really want you to remember uh, before we get into the story of the day. And that is something that we will do every week um, is give you a little bit of this and a little bit of that on the topic of the day to kind of give you different perspectives. So every show will have this story and then we'll have a breakdown. And I want you to call in um, during the breakdown so that you can give your two cents about it, right? So what I would like to do is get ready for the story of the day, which is about a mother's survival, and it gives you another perspective about the sex industry and how people get into it. So 
I think we will be coming in soon. Let's get to the story of the day. This is about reconciliation. We strive for healing and to reconcile with faith, hope, knowledge, and unity. Our journey has given us the opportunity to work with many families. This is a look into a mother's survival. Meet six-year-old Sanaya. She just came home from her first day of school, confused about what she had seen and heard when her new friend's father came to the school to pick her up. Mama, Mama, where's my daddy? What you mean, Mama? Okay, I won't, I won't, I won't ask again. She goes to her room crying. How come, how come Tasha has a daddy? He, he picked her up and called her beautiful. Oh, I wish I had a daddy. I'm, I'm beautiful. I'm pretty, am I? My daddy must didn't want me. I must not have been beautiful enough. Mama said he left when I was born because she was too young. He didn't want her, and he must didn't want me either. Oh, but I do got Uncle Joe. When he comes over, he plays with me. He buys me toys and calls me pretty. I just don't like the game he plays with me. He says it's okay, but mm, I don't know. Can't tell Mama. He said I would get in trouble. Uncle Joe loves me, I think. Meet 16-year-old Sanaya. She was just suspended from school for fighting another female student for talking to her boyfriend. Her mother dropped her off home to get back to work at the strip club, but told her she's grounded for getting in trouble in school. She feels betrayed. She doesn't understand why boys always hurt her. She just wants to be loved. Her father came around a couple of times, but still left. Uncle Joe always left after her mother found out about the game they played since she was six years old. Once again. Ugh. Men are no good. They never stay no matter what you do. They always lie. I'm going to be about me from now on. No more love here. No. Now I'm in trouble because of him and that ugly chick. Hmm. Love don't love me. Mama's right. We all we got. I'm going to use what I got to get mine. Because if it don't make money, hmm, then it don't make sense. Forget school. Forget men. They use me. Best believe I'm going to use them. Meet 17-year-old Sanaya. She just found out she was pregnant and is on her way home to tell her mother. Ma, um, I need to talk to you. I know, I know, you gotta go to work, but Ma, Ma, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'm, um, I'm pregnant. Ah, Ma, stop, stop hitting me. Ooh, ooh, you never listen to me. No, it's not nobody at school. What you mean? Who is he? Um, I met him when I was at the mall. Huh? What? Yeah, he bought me these Jordans. Yeah, yeah, that's who's paying my cell phone bill. What? How you know? No, no. You see, what had happened was, Ma, what you mean? 
Who seen me? Man, you tripping. I'm finna be 18. You know you was dancing when you was 17. Don't play. I'll be 18 soon so I can do what I want and I'm getting paid. Huh? What you mean? I gotta pay bills? Ma, wait, wait, don't... Tanaya's mother went to work. Me, 21-year-old Tanaya. She has two kids, ages four and three, and she is six months pregnant. She's been locked up twice for theft by taking and check fraud. None of the three fathers of her children are in her or her the kid's life. She thought that since this last baby's father was older, that he would stay around. But he's married and stopped talking to her when she got pregnant. Answer the phone. Oh, oh, so you're not going to answer the phone, huh? You get me pregnant, then decide to stay with your wife? <laughs> I see you and her in court for child support. Tanaya hangs up the phone. What? Oh, oh, now you want to call back? You want to talk to me because you heard my message? Why wouldn't I take you to court for child support? You got me pregnant, didn't you? Huh. Oh, no, you didn't go there. You knew I was a stripper when you met me at the strip club, fool. Yeah, I know you wanted me to stop, but I have kids to take care of because of no good daddies like you. Yeah, you know you ain't no no good daddy, but that's okay. Because you and your wife, oh, you gonna take care of this one. Don't worry about it no more. You will never hear from me, and me and mine will be just fine. Sanaya hangs up the phone. And looks at her kids and rubs her stomach. I knew he wasn't going to stay. Talking about he was leaving his wife. <laughs> All them broken promises. <laughs> well, at least I got a car out of sleeping with his old... Mm. But now I got another baby to feed. Oh, at least my babies love me. We all we got. But now I got to make sure after I drop this baby, I got to get this body back tight. Because who I got to make this money for me and mine? Boy, what you doing? Ooh, you so bad. Can't stand you. Glad I got my baby girl. I hope I have another girl too. Ugh, boys. Meet 25-year-old Sanaya. She was just locked up for prostitution with a guy she met at the strip club when she was getting off of work. They went to the hotel that was rated for prostitution, and they booked her as part of the sex ring they've been investigating for the last six months. Sanaya. Ma. Man, thanks for taking that collect call. Can you come get me? Ma, ma, they trying to say I was in a prostitution ring. Ma, no, no. Man, I was just catching me a trick before I went home because this light bill do. Ma, I don't know nothing about this hotel or anything. We just went to the closest place. What? What you mean you gonna take my kids to children's services? Ma, stop tripping. Ma, stop tripping. Hello? Hello? Tanaya was released from jail after six days when the investigators realized that she was not part of their investigation. Her mother picked her up. Mm. Thanks, Ma. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be more careful. 
I don't understand why you hung up on me. You had me in there all worried, thinking you was going to give away my kids, talking about you didn't have time to be taking care of my kids. I told you I wasn't part of no prostitution ring. I was I was in there tripping. I'm fighting everybody. I'm fighting the guards. They had me on lockdown all in the hole just because you tripping. But you know what? That's okay because next time, you know, I'm just going to pick the place. Because <laughs> guess what? Come to find out, this guy was part of the whole thing. Yeah, for real, for real. I know, I know. We all we got. Life went on. Sanaya continued to strip, date men and women, use people for money, and was in and out of jail for prostitution, possession of marijuana, DUI, and a list of misdemeanor charges. She's 40 years old, never married, five kids, and two grandchildren. The end. We'll be right back. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a non-profit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404 404- 969-5661 That's 404-969-5661 Hearts to Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hearts programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go trouble's chasing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at theconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. What's up, y'all? Welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed the story of the day. I want to give a special shout-out to Will E., 
He is actually a student at Hearts to Nourish Hope, who is our sponsor. He was our great narrator, and he's training here also for some film and arts things as well as vocational training. So I want to really give a shout out to him. Um, now it is time for the breakdown. Woohoo! Woohoo! So hopefully we can get some call ins about. You know, the story of the day, um, call in to 888-346-9141. I'd like to start the breakdown until we get a caller with what did the story of the day have in common with our guests for today? Because I, I pointed out six points that I really wanted you to pay attention to. So obviously, um, needing money to survive. They had that in common, and that's kind of a common theme for all of us. I like to think that all of us uh, need money to survive, right? Um, second, being young, broke, with no plan, and no education um, past high school. Now, to me, education doesn't have to be college or even vocational schools, but it means that we have to learn something, something that will propel you to the next level of your life, um, we should always be growing. And so when you get to that level, then what's next? Um, I like what LaShawn said about having an end game. I've been in like social services and mental health for the past 20 years. And I don't knock or ju um, judge anyone who does what they have to do for survival. You know, I just wish that there was ways to help people develop end games like she said, um, when they are caught up in surviving um, by any means necessary. That's pretty much why I do what I do. It's why I went into mental health, and I think is why I stress the importance of faith, not just in God, but faith in self. And what happens a lot of times, I think, with stories like Sanaya, is that they, you know, you don't really have the support, and you don't really know how to um, find help because you get stuck in this thing where, again, sometimes looking for love and searching in all the wrong places. One of the things about the story today that's really interesting is that, you know, it started off with confusion about her father. And I don't know, there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of confusion or have never met their fathers and or the fathers come in and out of their lives. And a lot of times, I know back when I first started doing this type of work, it used to always be about the boys. And, you know, little girls need their daddies, too, because they need an example. And sometimes when you don't have an example or sometimes when maybe you do have a good example, but maybe they work too much or they're not around, you kind of lack or you have a void in your life about um, what it looks like, you know, to be loved, to do all these various things. And I think in Sanaya's case, she just did, she just was confused. And, and there's a lot of people out there like that. I would really like to hear from some people. I hope you guys call in. Call in to 888-346-9141. I'd like to know what you think. But um, the other thing that I think 
was in common with Sanaya was that, well, I don't, I'm not going to say it's in common. There was, there's this thing about the sex industry, I think, and morality. You know, who constitutes or what constitutes what's moral as far as sex is concerned? Now, you'll have a whole lot of people say a whole lot of different things, but I think sometimes it depends on you. And what I liked about LaShawn was that she, you know, that confidence about herself is what some people would say. But some people would say other things. I don't know. But I just think whatever you do, you have to be confident, but you also have to be careful. And those are the things that I look at when, you know, people come to my office and they have these types of stories. You don't really look at what they do. You kind of look at why they do it. And then are you happy with your life? And if you're not happy, then what are we going to do about it? And I think that's really important. You know, um, that's the whole thing about mental health. And people don't look at mental health in these types of situations, even on both sides. You know, because we all should be able to um, take a look at ourselves. I always say check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? And those are things that is very, very important. I remember when I was like 14 years old, this grown man, like he was, well, I ain't gonna say he was grown, but he was about 25 years old and he tried to talk to me and um, he tried to convince me to come to his house, you know, and he lived in the projects out in Gary, Indiana, where I'm from. Shout out to Gary, Indiana. Um, and I would never go, but as I got older and then I started getting into things with mental health, I did some training on what they call CSEC, which is child sex trafficking. And I realized that the man um, from a long time ago, the things that he was saying to me when I was 14 was the same thing that this man in this video was saying to the young lady in the video, you know, trying to get her to trust in him and believe that he cared about her. But in reality, he was just trying to turn her out. And, you know, that really kind of did something to me. It, it, started, it really started me thinking about how even back then I was very gullible and vulnerable and I wanted attention from a male. You know, um, I had my grandfather and I loved him dearly, but he wasn't the most talkative back then. And it was really, you know, it, it, you know, it's that cry out for that attention. And I think we sometimes, even with child sex trafficking, we will look at a young lady who may be promiscuous or things like that. And we try to put them into these categories and it's just not right. They, you know, they, a lot of people are, are victimized just like Sanaya um, at a young age. And they go out and all of a sudden they don't care anymore because now it's all about getting theirs and, and surviving because at that point their, you know, their childhood has been interrupted. But we're also, you know, so busy looking at what this girl is doing at 15 and 16 years old. And I think, you know, the whole purpose of this show is to try to get people to see beyond 
the actions that people do and understand that it's either about survival, you know, or it's it's lashing out, it's anger, it's fear, it's so many different things. You'll hear that even in our next show. And I think it's really important to, you know, not always be so quick to judge people in your families, you know, or people that you don't know. It really doesn't matter. You never know somebody's story. You never know why somebody's doing what they're doing. I can't say that um, LaShawn and her story was much different. But, and she even talked about the doctors and various people who were dancing. But, you know, you would look down at them. And I, I had a, a old client and, and now a friend of mine tell me, you know, that was a job. That's a job, just like anything else. You clock in. Now, you may not do it, but you can't knock people for what they have to do to survive. And some people don't have to do it. Like she said, they just like doing it. And in some places, it's safe. And, you know, and I'm glad I brought that up, that all the places aren't the same. But you also have to be mindful of what you're doing, your surroundings, why you're doing it. And like LaShawn said, have an end game. Always have a plan. Because when you don't have a plan, then you end up really just settling for anything. So I just think everything that was said either in LaShawn's story or even in a story of the day, just be mindful of all the various situations that people find themselves in and why. We can't judge each other based off of what we do, but we can give a helping hand. And, you know, I think, you know, it takes a lot more than just believing, believing in self, believing in God. It takes you seeing things through, having to do the work. There is always a way to turn things around no matter what. And so... I just really hope that you guys got something out of that. And once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor just for giving us this chance to be able to open up this dialogue. And um, when we get ready to come back to end the show, we're going to do our Monday motivation. Stay tuned. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Reconciliation Movement is a nonprofit 501c3 charitable organization. It helps youth and families with education and community resources, promoting self-awareness, mental health, and drug and alcohol recovery. Reconciliation needs help with providing these resources for youth and families. Reconciliation accepts and is in need of donations and professional services to no and low-income families to prepare them for independence through health and education. Visit the reconciliationmovement.org. 
Victoriously Speaking has over 20 years of experience in human services. She is a licensed professional counselor, a motivational speaker, writer, performer, and community advocate. Book Victoriously Speaking for your next event or take advantage of the workshop she has to offer. Victoriously Speaking is all about teaching life and learning to live independently for excellence, free from fear, anger, and our doubt. For more information on these programs or to book Victoriously Speaking, call 404-969-5661. That's 404-969-5661. Hartston Nourish Hope has been a leader in Clayton County for over 22 years. As a nonprofit, our goal is to expand and continue to be a one-stop community resource center that equips youth with the tools they need to achieve their goals. From our education and career training programs to our youth-operated food pantry, all of Hart's programs are designed to empower participants to improve the lives of their families and the community. Would you like to volunteer or need more information on how to participate? Please visit heartstonourishhope.org. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Today it seems everywhere I go trouble's facing me. You are listening to Life Radio. To reach our show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at thereconciliationmovement.org. Now, back to Life Radio. Here again is Victoriously Speaking. Hey, welcome back. And so we're, we're at the part of the show where it's our Monday Motivation um, I want to also thank I Am Maestro for our song, La La La. I hope that it makes you feel happy. Um, and I understand that we have a caller. Hi, thanks for calling in. How are you? I am doing well. I was listening to some of the show, and um, thank you for having me right now. Thank you for answering my call. Cool, cool. So what did you think? What did you think about the topic? Um, it's very interesting. I think and this is a topic that um, has so many different aspects. Um, as you know, a lot of what I um, tend to focus on in, in my work is trauma. And I think that um, when it comes to some of the careers that are either sex-driven or um, you know, what have you, I think that that plays a major part in it as well. And some people don't necessarily, um, consider that, but, um, I feel that that's a lane that we, that would be, that would be great. So we, we could visit and talk more about that as it relates to, uh, sex trafficking, CSEC, um, mm-hmm. all of that. So I, I really like the way this, the show, the show went. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I talked a little bit about that and how I think I almost got caught up when I was 14. I'm not sure, though. Something happened. Um, and I yeah. learned that, you know, through training. But I, when I think back at that, I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, did he say, oh, did he try to groom me? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. what in the world just happened? And we need to be very aware of those types of things, you know. And that's why I really wanted to paint a different picture with the story of the day. But I think at the same time, you know, I think everybody still has things in common. Because even with LaShawn's mm-hmm. story, she may not have really discussed trauma 
but she talked about being rebellious and getting in trouble. And but the you know, but the other side of that is she liked the idea of the sex industry and and because she had a sexual nature. And that's why I really had her on the show because the first time I ever talked to her about it, it was like, yeah, well, I like I like the idea of people, you know, <laughs> looking at me and me dancing and doing this. And so there's always, I think, different sides to it. But then when mm-hmm. it starts going down to a point of people who are victimized, you know, I want people to understand that no matter what, you know, these are people. You don't judge mm-hmm. nobody, you know. Right. Um, I like to you know that, you know, we all want to survive. We all need money to survive but I think it looks different you know depending on your mindset your environment um how you were brought up your faith and I think faith plays a big role it's something that I try to teach all the time because you know it's just like you gotta have the faith to try something new or something different outside of your scope but when you don't know anything but what you know then you do what you do right and I yeah, I and, and it's so taboo the in the part. faith community too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the idea of sex—we we don't want to talk about it. This is something that we don't, we really don't want to want to uncover. We want to pretend it's not. Um, it's like this other, this whole other population of people that mm-hmm. you know that 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 we don't relate to, and that's that's that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, so I agree with you there. Yeah, and I think it's just, it's really crazy to me that we don't talk about these things or how people get into these types of situations, but then when we see these stories, everybody always has something to say, and that's really why mm-hmm. I'm doing this show, because you you know as well as I know and being in this field, and Shantae, tell everybody what do you do? I am an associate professional counselor, and I work very heavily with women, um, minority women specifically, and I tend to work a lot with individuals who um, who have traumatic past past um, history and who struggle with depression, anxiety, stress, work-life balance, transition, all of that good stuff. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad you called in um, and make sure that... Everybody, if you go to either my page or go to Victoriously Speaking um, at Facebook, I'll make sure we have uh, Shantae's information there. Thanks so much for calling in. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, ma'am. And so, you know, there is so much, so much that I've learned over the years um, in social services, in mental health. And the one thing that I really want to leave everybody with today. Um, And I mentioned my grandfather earlier, but it's so funny. It's something that he told me um, before I went away to the army. And that is not to take any wooden nickels. And, you know, I did not know what that meant. (laughs) He's oh, don't take no wooden nickels. You know, when you're younger, you're like, Pops, what you talking about? You know, Um, and, and, and you're probably wondering, what does that have to do with, what we talked about today and it has everything to do with what we talked about today because survival is real and you have to be really careful about the people you deal with so no matter what your survival looks like don't take no wooden nickels that means that you have to be alert when you are dealing with people if it sounds too good to be true 
more than likely it is. If someone is too nice too soon, slow down. You know, be diligent about the circles you keep and the people that you're around despite what things may look like. You know, you can't just always fall for everything just because it sounds good. But then again, if you have to do things and you have to do things to survive, then like LaShawn said earlier, have an end game. And I like that she said that because an end game to me is nothing but just having a plan. You cannot go through life without a plan. And so next week, we're going to have episode two of Survival of the Fittest. And this is going to be about a young lady who ran away from home, from Virginia, all the way to Georgia um, at 14 years old. And she ended up um, in the sex industry doing a lot of things for survival. And her story is interesting, too. So I hope you guys, you know, are able to come and um, listen, call in, chime in. I would like to invite all therapists, life coaches, pastors, anybody who loves to empower people to call in and and chime in to some of the things that we're talking about. We need to be more transparent about ourselves and about the way that we are helping people. We're not here to judge anybody. We're just here to give them a hand and help them see something different. Everything is about what we, you know, what we can learn we supposed to learn every day. Never be content. If you mess up, if you're in a situation, try to come up with a plan. Don't be scared to ask for help. And always, always have faith. Once again, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Hearts to Nourish Hope. Check out their banner and the link on our page to get more information Check me out on Facebook, Victoriously Speaking, Instagram, Victoriously Speaking, and I am Victoriously on Twitter. Hope you tune in again to Life Radio, where we aim to live independently for excellence. Peace. Thank you for making Life Radio an important part of your evening. Please join Victoriously Speaking, also known as Nicole Benton, Licensed Professional Counselor, for another edition of the program next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Here's to living independently for excellence.